Hi, my name is Loren, and I have the privilege of serving here on staff at Faith Church. It is our mission to help you discover and live out your spirit-empowered life. Thank you so much for joining us for today's message. Make sure you like or subscribe. We're gonna jump right into the Word. Well, I trust uh, those of you who got here are found a parking spot. If you did not come in live this morning, you're watching online. We love you. We're glad you're joining with us. If you do come to the property next week or the next couple of weeks, it might be different from week to week, so I do encourage you just to prepare yourself for that. If you can carpool some, that helps. Um, we also, there's a parking lot across the street next to the nursing home. If you need to park there, you can always park over there as well. There's the Brighton Highway Department. Um, but uh, I'm excited. Things are happening. New parking lot, it'll look great. And um, I'm excited about the people that are going to come park there who are going to give their lives to Christ. I'm believing for great souls to come and find Jesus. I uh, mentioned last week that I really believe God is going to be uh, sending people, as well as even our own people, uh, being equipped to give even more significantly um, in uh, the revival season that I believe God has us in. And I've started having people come to me that God's really speaking to. And I want you to know, we have been declaring, and we will continue to declare the blessings of God upon each one of you. I'm declaring it over my life. I'm declaring it over your lives. I want to see this congregation so blessed and so full of everything that you need that everything that we need in this church is already paid for, that we will see it already done, already paid for. And so I'm believing God to bring increase into your life to bring promotions, to bring bonuses, just for checks in the mail. I pray all those things, that God brings that increase. I trust that you're asking the Lord, Lord, use me. Use me to witness. Use me to lay hands on the sick. Use me to pay off debt. Use me, whatever it is, just ask the Lord. This is a season to enlarge yourself, and that's what I'm going to be talking about today Go with me to Genesis chapter 32. Yesterday and today also, we sent out a text notification. How many got that about the parking lot? If you didn't get it, I'll make it again. I'll say it again. Make sure that you download the app, the Faith Church Rock app, and you turn on notifications. We sent one out yesterday and we sent one out this morning um, that you should have gotten them to kind of let you know what's coming with the parking lot. We don't send out... Uh, just random notifications. Usually it's something that's relevant to the facilities or something being open or closed. You're not going to get a notification normally every week. It's only when something is important that we want to make sure that you're aware of. So we will send those out so you can sign up for that. But last week we talked about Jacob and Esau. How many were here last week? Many of us were here. If you weren't here, I encourage you, go and listen to the message. We talked about God encounters. We talked about how Jacob was full of fear, fear of this brother killing him, and how he had to wrestle it out with God. And sometimes there's things we have to wrestle out with God, whether it's fear, whether it's sin issues, whether it is uh, problems in life, um, desires, fleshly things, whatever it is, health issues, finance issues, whatever those things are, sometimes you just need to wrestle things out with God and have to just not let go of God during those seasons. Um, and I believe, as I've talked to some of you this week, you've started to take that challenge. 
and say, you know, I know there's things that I need to wrestle out with God. I know there's things that God's been, been telling me it's time to deal with. And uh, there's a reason for that, both in your own capabilities, but there's also a further reason, and that's why I want to dive into it again this morning. And I want to title this, and I'll explain it as we go, Enlarge My Lineage. Um, and Genesis 32, 26 through 28 says this, And God said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, and Jacob said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And God said to him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince thou hast power with God and with men and hast prevailed. I want to focus today on that little phrase, until you bless me. The, we read that and we immediately have thoughts of what that means to us. If I said God really wants to bless you, you may think, health, you may think relationships, you may think finances, you may think career, you may think gifts, whatever it is. You, we naturally think ourselves when we think of that. We get excited, we dance, we shout, we sing about being blessed, we have all that going on. But I want to stretch your thinking a little bit in this passage, because while all, all those things God does want to do, I really believe that, this passage has a much deeper meeting. God just didn't bless Jacob. He blessed and increased every area of his life. I'll give you five points that I want to hit this morning. The first point is this. The blessing is always about lineage. It's about lineage. What does that mean? Those coming behind you, the next generation. It could be your own children, grandchildren. It could be somebody else's. But somebody that you're supposed to raise up, somebody that you're supposed to be imparting to is those that are spiritual children, natural children, but those that you are supposed to pour into. Many times when people think of blessing, they think, again, it's just me. But God wants to bless your children, your grandchildren, your spiritual children, your natural children. He wants to pour in. It's not just about you, yourself. It is about the lineage that God wants to release through you. And Jacob was very small-minded. Jacob had only thought about Jacob for many years. Jacob had thought about his blessing. He had thought about his wives, his children. He had thought all about himself, and it was all about Jacob. And Jacob being who Jacob was, he was not going to be able to contain everything God wanted to do in his own name. Jacob was not enough to be the foundation for the whole generation of Israel. God said, I'm calling you Israel. I'm changing your name to Israel. And he's saying, I want you to be the foundation for a whole new nation. It wasn't just about him being blessed. He said, I've got to change. This, this is so big, I've got to change your name. This is so big. This isn't called the children of Jacob. This is called the children of Israel. This nation is Israel. And I'm not sure, and I say that, again, I've studied this passage. I'll continue to study it. And I have a feeling I understand what he was thinking, but I really don't know because he, he leads me in some paths here which are confusing. 
Did Jacob really understand the call of God that he had? Did he really understand what God had put in his spirit? And so as I was looking through the scriptures and I was looking at all the times God spoke to Jacob or Jacob spoke to God, let me just read some of these just to understand because God many times will repeat himself to get us where he needs us to go. And God repeated himself over and over again to Jacob. And I think part of it was Jacob struggling to get out of Jacob's way so that he could become Israel. And God had to keep repeating it. Genesis 27, again, this is way before um, he even got here. This is back when Isaac laid hands on him and gave him the blessing of the firstborn. And this is Genesis 27, 29. And this is, he proclaims this over him. He says, may many nations become your servants. Nations. Many nations become your servants. May they bow down to you. May you be the master over your brothers. And may your mother's sons bow to you. All who curse you will be cursed. All who bless you will be blessed. Again, he's talking nations, Isaac is. Go into chapter 28, verse 13. 28, 13. As Jacob's running away, he has this encounter with God at Bethel. And it says in verse 13, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and God of Isaac, and the land on which you lie I will give you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south, and in you and in all in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse 15, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. So God, again, is speaking to him. I'm going to increase you so much so you're going to spread abroad from the west and the east and north and the south. You and all your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And then he talks about bringing them back to this land. Look at Jacob's response in verse 20. So in verse 20, Jacob responds and Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, and then the Lord shall be my God. It's almost like Jacob didn't even hear what God said in the first part. You know, sometimes we're like that. When we get a word from God, we hear parts. And Jacob heard the part about, okay, God's going to be with me, and I'm going to come back to my father's house in peace. So he repeated that, but you didn't hear him say anything about my descendants, the going and spreading out across the north, south, east, and west, You didn't hear any of that that God spoke over Jacob. I don't know why Jacob didn't say it. I don't know. Maybe he was thinking it. Or maybe Jacob thought too little of himself. Or Jacob didn't believe what God was saying. Or Jacob did hear it but didn't want to acknowledge it. I'm not sure what was going on. Going to chapter 32. And just before he wrestled with God, I want to go to verse 12. Verse 12, Jacob is now praying to God first. And Jacob says this, For you said, Jacob said to God, For you, God said, I will surely treat you well and make the descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. So somewhere Jacob had picked up, okay, I'm supposed to be bigger. I'm supposed to do more. My family line's supposed to do more. After the Genesis 32 encounter, God spoke to him at Bethel at a second time. Go to chapter 35. 
in chapter 35. So this is after the encounter, after he wrestled with God. God spoke to him in Genesis 35, 10 and through 12. And God said to Jacob, your name is Jacob. Your name shall not be called Jacob anymore, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel. Also, God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall proceed from you. And kings shall come from your body. The land which I give Abraham and Isaac, I give to you. And your descendants after you, I will give this land. So again, he's speaking to him. What's going to come from him? Company of nations, fruitful and multiply. Um, Kings shall come. So he's speaking over Jacob. You are Israel. You are not Jacob. You are Israel. And then chapter 46, um, when he finally saw Joseph again, and he was getting ready to escape to Egypt uh, from the famine and be with his son Joseph in verses 2 and 3 of Genesis 46. Then God spoke to Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here I am. So God said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not fear to go down to Egypt, for I'll make you a great nation there. How many times did God have to say, I'm going to make you a great nation? Over and over and over again, God spoke to him. You're going to be a great nation. You're going to be a great nation. Jacob's name couldn't handle the blessing. Jacob's name was too small. Jacob's name was too limiting. Israel had a much bigger capacity. The nation of Israel was going to be a much bigger thing than the nation of Jacob. Israel was going to be huge. It's the foundation of a nation. It's a movement. It's a group that still exists today. Still exists today. You have this one father with 12 sons, and out of those 12 sons, they were not just sons, they were tribes. This was significant change. This was not about Jacob just being blessed. This was a significant change. They were going to become the greatest nation in the earth. This little piece of land, this group of people, was going to become God's chosen uh, people that he was going to bless. Even still, there's people that hate this nation. There's nations that attack this nation, yet God keeps protecting them. God keeps blessing them. I don't know if I was a nation near them, I wouldn't go near Israel. When you can see how much God has blessed this nation, I would stay away. But yet, bigger nations keep losing to them. Bigger nations keep struggling with them. God has shown some of his biggest miracles to this nation. Some of his incredible blessings and promises, his power, his protection, his authority. The nation of Israel is what God intended Jacob to be. God bless me. I will not let you go until you bless me. The first one there, as I said, is God enlarge my lineage. You know, when you're asking God to bless you, you're asking God, you're wrestling with God. I know some of you this week, God, you already told me, God's been speaking to you. You've been wrestling some things out, and that's good. And wrestle those things out. If you're dealing with fear, if you're dealing with issues, you're dealing with sin, that's good. But it's more than just 
dealing with issues. God wants to increase you so much. God wants to increase your name. He wants to increase your lineage. Who are you going to pour into? Who are you supposed to become? Who does God want you to be? See, we think, well, I'll go through this time of wrestling and then I'll be set free from whatever the thing is that's, that's hindering me. And once I'm set free, then I can go back to living my life the way I want to live it. That's not what it was about. God wasn't dealing with his fear so that he could go back and be Jacob. God was dealing with the anxiety and the fear and the lying spirit and the manipulative spirit and all those spirits that were hanging around. God was dealing with those things so that he could become Israel. God wants us to see who we're really called to be. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. What does God say over us in the New Testament? He says, you're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light who were once not a people, but now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy before, but now have obtained mercy. You are a chosen generation. You are just not Steve and Darla and anybody else. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are supposed to be bigger than your own natural name. The second point, the blessing is about enlarging our identity and name. Enlarging our identity and name. What you were known as is not what God wants you to be known for. Who are you? Who are your children? Who are you raising up? What is your identity? When you look at yourself, what do you see? When some of us look at ourselves, we see our limitations. We see everything we can't do. We see the family line issues. We see the, the hindrances from our families, and we see, well, you know, I was raised in this spot. My father did this, and my mother did that, and, and we see the limitations, and my family was always poor, or my family was always struggling, or whatever it was, and maybe your family was rich, maybe your family was prosperous, and so you take on your family name thinking that that's who you are, but that's not who you're supposed to be in Christ. In Christ, you are a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. I am not my father. I'm not even my mother. I'm not the Edlin name or the Shea name or anything else that goes before me. I am new in Christ. See, we say crazy things like, I don't know how I can get to my future until I know about my past. I don't need to know my past to get to my future. I need to know him to get to my future. My past isn't going to help me get to my future. So you know your past, so your, your family was all thieves, or your family were all liars. How's that going to help you get forward? 
That's all it's going to do is provide you with excuses of why you can't get there. Well, you know, my family's all liars. My family's all thieves. You know, they slept with everybody. You know, they had all kinds of diseases and sickness. I guess my mother got cancer. My grandmother got cancer. My great-grandfather had cancer. I guess I'm going to get cancer. Why do you need to know all that? And that is not who God has said you will be. Some people don't even know who their families are. They're adopted. They don't even know their parents. They can't even look back. I'm not going to sorrow at what I don't know. I'd rather look forward to who I am in Christ. You're so busy trying to figure out your identity in your family when you don't realize God wants to give you a new identity in his family. Every single family on the earth is limiting. There is no family that can do what God wants you to do without God giving you the increase. You put your family on a high perch and you, you think your family name is great, I could care less about my family name. Without God, I can't do anything. And the problem is when we start putting our family name on a perch, we start putting it up there on a, pla- on a platform, and we think our family name, then our kids struggle to find out who they are. My kids don't need to know my family lineage to survive. My kids don't know to know my family background in order to become who God's called them to be. In fact, I'd rather just have them discover who God calls them to be. Whatever they know about my family is fine, but none of that matters to who God wants them to be. I don't want to be known as that guy who always talks about his family. Well, you know, my family this, my family that. That's just pride. I don't want to be the guy that always talks about my professional identity. What's my professional title, identity, accomplishments? That's just pride. I don't want to be the guy that always talks about my financial identity, how much I've done and how successful I am. That's just pride. And I read James 4, 6, and it says, God resists the proud. My ear... My family, has, regardless of the family I'm in, it does not matter. Think about how Jacob was known before the encounter. A liar, a deceiver, a trickster, a manipulator. He was never known like that again. Completely different man. And some of us need to give up some names. Some names that your family have given you. They sound cute, but they're actually demeaning. Well, that's just weak boy. You know, a little weak boy. He can't do nothing. That's our little weak boy. That's our little girl who's a mess. And they give you names, and they try to identify you. Some of us need to decide what names we need to give up. I don't need certain names or names I need to stop focusing on. Stop focusing on your identity in your family or your identity in the culture or your identity at work or your identity in all these other places. Stop focusing on those things. Stop 
thinking that's who you are, that is very limiting, and you will never become everything God wants you to be if everything is focused on your name. Me, as Steve, I would never be standing here. Because I know the limitations of my own name. I know the fears of my own name. I know the past of my own father. I'd never be standing here. I had to wrestle with God to get a new name. To break the shame even of my family lines. The limiting, well, my dad couldn't make it. My dad was strong. My dad was powerful. How am I going to make it? When my dad is natural, you're right, I'll never make it. But when my dad is God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, your wrestling is more about you becoming who God's called you to be. And we, so many times, we want to make a name for ourselves. We want to be popular. We want people to like us. And Jacob's wrestling was more about a name than anything else. It was over, can he embrace Israel? Can he become Israel? How many times do I need to tell Jacob, you're Israel. Stop being Jacob. Stop thinking you have to be Jacob. Stop thinking the limitations of you and your family. Stop thinking of all the mess you made, all the lies you told, all the things you did. Stop thinking that's who you are. That's not who I've called you to be. But unless you wrestle with the God over that, you will never break through with it. I won't let go until you bless me. Until I get a new name. I mean, we used to even sing it back in the day, a little hymn. There's a new name written down in heaven. It's a new name. God wants to give you a new name. I don't know what God will call me in heaven. It probably won't be Steve. He can call me you. I don't care what he calls me. Hey, you, I'm here, God. It don't matter. Who cares? Oh, I just love my name. Whatever. Why is that the thing that's so important to you? What spirit did you pick up with that name? What spirit was imparted to you from your family, friends, teachers, coworkers, employers? What was imparted to you with that name? I can't be afraid of letting go of my name unless I don't know my God. See, we talked about Jacob when he quoted God back early on. And he said, oh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to going back to my family's house in peace. He missed the whole name change. He missed the whole enlarging piece. The change that was going to take place, the enlarging. I I personally don't think he could comprehend it at that point. I don't think he understood it. You know, some people who said to me, Man, I wish God would just tell me everything that's going to come. Not me. Not me. Thank you, Jesus, for not telling me what is coming in 2030. I don't know what's coming in 2030. I don't know what's coming in 2035. 
Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what it is. Because if I needed to know, you would tell me. But maybe I can't handle what's coming in 2030. Maybe I'd run to the hills and in fear, get off the grid, be afraid. Nobody will find me. I'll grow my own vegetables. I'll draw my own water. I'll churn my own butter. I don't know what it'll take, but I, I got to make sure that I run because I don't know what's coming. See, when I know who I am and when I know who I serve, I don't have to fear Esau's. Esau's are coming. Esau's are on their way. But see, once David, once David, once Jacob confronted and got a new name change, he was no longer afraid of Esau. That fear was gone. That little encounter with Esau was like a no big deal because he had an encounter with God. Some of the things you're wrestling with that you think's a big deal, one encounter will make that no big deal. One encounter. Point three, the blessing is about enlarging our authority. Not only did he enlarge his lineage, not only did he enlarge his identity, his name, he enlarged his authority. He had authority that he didn't have before. The things, like I said, that he feared before, he no longer feared. Wrestling with God increases spiritual power and authority. New anointings, new strengths, new giftings. Even Jesus said in Luke 10, 19, Jesus said, Behold, I give you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I give you authority over the works of darkness. Daniel eleven thirty two in the last part of it says, the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Authority, power, a name change. We get way too caught up in name stuff. We get way too caught up in family and natural things. And it causes us to limit our authority. I, my authority is not in my name. My authority is not in my family name. Well, I'll use the name of my mother. It's not enough. I'll use the name of my father. I have no authority in that. My authority is in my relationship with God. The fourth point. The blessing is about enlarging our capacity. Enlarging our capacity. You talk to people now, people are exhausted. They're tired. They're emotionally exhausted. They have no more capacity. You add something to them, they're like, I can't do it. I have no more ability to do it. I'm so tired now. I'm limited. I can't even comprehend doing more for God or doing anything for God. I can't even comprehend. I can't comprehend more time given to the kingdom of God. I can't comprehend more money given. I can't comprehend uh, things with my children or things with my family. I can't comprehend how, how can I take on more spiritual children. I'm having trouble with the children I already got. How can I comprehend taking on more physical capacity, emotional capacity? And we struggle with the word capacity. See, God not only wants to enlarge your name, he needs to enlarge your capacity. Do your goals have room for God's goals? 
Do your assignments have room for God's assignments? See, when wrestling with God, I not only wrestle for capacity, I wrestle for strategy. What do you mean? Oh, my family teases me. I've got a strategy for everything. I do. And a strategy gives me more room for capacity. I do not do well just winging it. Some people love chaos. They just love chaos. They love not having any organization. But it limits your capacity. And I have to put things in a box in order to know what I can handle because the more God gives me, the more I have to have a strategy to handle it. So I, I, when I have strategy, it, it, it releases uh, things for me that I don't have to worry about. Like I have a strategy for packing. When I pack, I have a whole list. I have a strategy. I don't have to think hard about it. I have a packing strategy. I have a packing list for wherever I'm going. We're leaving tomorrow for Blue Mountain to preach there for a week. I have a whole strategy of what I'm bringing. I already got it. I don't have to stress about thinking. Now, what do I need to bring? I have a whole strategy for the house, things that I need to do with the house. I have a whole strategy for the finances. I have a strategy for even games I play. You know that little Wordle game? Anybody play that little Wordle crazy game? And that Wordle game that's been going around for a year or so? So somebody turned me on to it, and I played it, and probably about 40 days in, I lost. And I said, I got to get a strategy. Because if I'm going to play this, this this isn't going to drive me crazy. And now my strategy is I'm done in 20 seconds. Could I have a strategy? Could I have a capacity? So Wordle is not a problem for me because I don't just guess every word. I have a strategy of what words I'm going to use. And that sounds simple, but I'm trying to have you understand. People say they don't have capacity because they don't have a strategy. How am I going to do more for God? Well, what are you doing with home? Well, what are you doing with your family? Well, we're just chaos. We just do everything. We just, we just kind of, we go with the wind, whatever the wind's blowing. We go with how we feel. Well, if you go with how you feel, you're not going to get anything done. And you're not going to have any room for God to use you. You've got to be able to enlarge your, your capacity. And enlarging your capacity means you're going to have to have a strategy for something. The house is going to need a strategy. Your, your marriage is going to need a strategy. Raising your See, when I raised my kids, there was a strategy behind raising my kids. There's things that I strategized to do what I was going to do, what I wasn't going to do. There's things I was going to allow them to do. I just didn't allow them to do whatever they felt. Well, you know, they, they feel like they want to join this club or that club, or they feel like they want to, to, to go here or go there. No, I had a strategy for raising them because I needed to focus on all of these many things in front of me, and I needed to put things in boxes so that my kids, I knew that they'd be raised right and I knew that, so I needed to know what the strategy was for school, what the strategy was for home, what the strategy was for discipline, what the strategy was for letting them choose what they wanted to do and how far they could go with that. If they wanted to do something on a Sunday, it wasn't going to happen. They were going to be in church on Sunday. I didn't care how old they were. They were going to be in church until they were 18. Then they could go where they want. But I, I, I didn't put on them, though, this is where pastors make, make mistakes. I'd never said to them, you know, you need to come to your church because you're my kid, because I'm the pastor. Because then they resent that. They need to come to church because they need to meet with God, because they need to have a relationship with God. It's not because I'm the pastor, it's going to make me look bad in front of the people. What are the people going to say? If, if they're all there with their kids, where's the pastor's kids? Well, you know, Jimmy's six and Johnny's seven and, and Sarah's eight, and they just didn't feel like coming. That's chaotic. How are you going to raise the next generation? 
without a strategy. So you've got to know what you're going to do. So there's a strategy. So when I think of enlarging my capacity, and I'm looking at everything, because there's people as you get older. You know, when I was 20 years old, I could goof off. I could do whatever I wanted. But every season of life, every encounter required me to focus a little harder. I remember when, when our first son was being born, 1997, and he was being born. And I remember that year, and I remember distinctly going, all right, there's things I've got to change. There's things I can no longer do if I'm going to become the father I'm supposed to be. I can't be a boy anymore playing his games. I've got to be a father that's raising a son. So while I'm out playing basketball every night, that's got to stop. I can't be out doing all those games every night while my son's being at home with his mother. I've got to realize I'm a father now. But some guys never get it. They're still out every night, not realizing that they've got a child at home that they need to raise. You need to change. You, you, you can add your son, but that means you've got to stop some things. Strategy, capacity. If I'm going to take on more, I take on leadership of the church. I take on leadership over the school. I take on leadership in my family. There's things I take on. There's other things I've got to say no to. Well, what if people say stuff to you? My, my accountability is to God. People always say stuff to me. You know, my old pastor used to well, I'm not your old pastor. I say to people all the time, they say, I want to come in for counseling. I go, I don't do counseling. It's not because I don't love people. It's because I'm not good at it. And I don't have a strategy to become good at it. And if I don't have a strategy to become good at it, it's stressful for me. So when people want to meet, I'll say, I'll pray with you. But you need to go to a real counselor because I don't know what real counselors do, but I know it's not me. And I've had real counselors and I don't think that, I'm not even wired that way. I'm just going to lay hands on you and believe God for a miracle. But if you want to come in and meet with me every week or every month, that ain't going to happen. Well, my last pastor, well, I'm, I'm not your last pastor. And I've got to have capacity to do what I can do, what God's called me to do. I love people. I'll pray with people. I'll minister to people because I've got grace to that. You say, Pastor, you can pray with me? Of course. Because that's within my wheelhouse. That's within my capacity. I've already got that figured out. And we struggle with capacity. God, uh, God wants to make you Israel, and you're just like, well, I can barely handle the 12 kids I got. God wants you to take on more. I want you to take on this kid or that kid. How can I? I can't, I can't take on this kid. What am I going to do? I'm, I can only imagine what was going through Jacob's mind when God says, you're going to be the father of all these nations. I've already got 12 boys. Or 12 kids. I think he had some girls in there. Dinah, I know, was one of them. But he had all these boys, girls. He had all these kids. He's got, how did he process that? But God gave him capacity. When God calls you to do something, God says, I want you to increase this. I went, okay, God, what am I giving up? What am I not going to do? And it might be something you think is fun. It might be something you enjoy doing. It might be some family time. In fact, you may have to give up family events. Oh, I can't give up family events. If you don't give up some family events, you might not ever do what God wants you to do. You, some of us really need to hear this because we're bound by our families. We are bound. See how quiet it got? You are bound. 
by your families. And that's a problem. Your family is not first. God is first. And some of us will never do what God wants us to do because of family commitments. Family comes to, I'm not saying you don't do anything with family. I'm just saying you've got to get the mind of God. I, I'm going to be where God wants me to be. I've encouraged all my children, wherever God wants you, wherever God takes you, I would never want you to leave Rochester, but if God sends you somewhere, I, I know it's God, I, I, I will bless you all day long. I'll support that all day long because I want you in the will of God more than I want you in Rochester, New York. Capacity. We limit our capacity. We limit our capacity because we, we can't handle more. Well, how am I going to do more? How am I going to be able to handle more? The question I've been asking myself for years, do I have the capacity for revival? Do I have the capacity for revival? Now, you got to understand, I, the way I was raised and seeing some moves of God and going to some places where those moves of God, most of the places I went and the things that I saw meant revival was 24-7. You were in church morning, you were in church afternoon, you were in church at night. And that was revival to me. So when I thought about capacity for revival, I don't think I've got it. I'm just being honest. But see, it's one thing to just attend when you feel. It's another thing to be responsible and have to have the church open, and you're the person that's got to be there every day. Oh, I'd love revival. I'll come a couple times a month. Wait, 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 wait. People said to me, I wish the church was open more during the week. I wish we had night services. I said, who's going to do it? And are you going to be there every week to help me? Or are you putting this on me? You know, it's easy when it's somebody else. I wish I had a new house. I didn't have to pay for it. It'd be awesome. I wish I had a lot of things that I didn't have to do the work for. So when revival, when that question was posed to me, that was a real question. Do I have the capacity for revival? And it's one of those questions I've had to wrestle with God. Anytime God wants to do something in me, I have to wrestle that. See, even standing here, I've had to wrestle standing here. If you knew me when I was 16, 17, which probably only five of you did, if you knew me when I was a kid, this was the last place you would find me. This was not Steve. Steve Edlin would not be standing up here preaching. This is not, I'll sit back there. I'll support you preaching. I'll make you look good, but don't put me on the front. I have no capacity to be here. God had to enlarge my capacity to do what he's called me to do. And I had to get beyond my fears and I had to wrestle things out with God that he is right and I'm willing to do whatever he's called me to do. It's not about how I feel. It's not about what I want. It's not about what I feel I can do because I know within myself I have limitations. But with Christ, I can do all things. And with Christ, if he calls me to do it, I can do it. But I had to wrestle that out. I had to wrestle that out sitting here. It wasn't about what I wanted to do. What I wanted to do when I was a kid was much different 
This was not it. And, and I realized I could do some things that I don't have to think about. I could be a leader in so many different places that didn't have the same pressure. It'd be easier. And, and so I can lead over here. When I was young, I was getting opportunities for promotions in this place and being a manager here and wanting to run this or that. They wanted to promote me. And I kept telling them no because I knew God wouldn't let me. Because I finally came to the realization that this is what God's called me to do. I'm just going to have to navigate through the wrestlings to get there. So when you think of, Lord, bless me, until you bless me, until you change me, until I get that increase of capacity, until I get that increase of authority, until I get that increase of a name change or a lineage focus, until I get that, I need that increase. The fifth point is the blessing is ultimately for an increase in the kingdom of God. It's all about God's kingdom. At the end of the day, God wants to enlarge his kingdom. God wants to have his king. When Jesus came to the earth, people get it twisted and they think Jesus came for it. Jesus said it over and over I came to bring the kingdom of God to earth. That's what he said over and over again. I've come to bring the kingdom, to bring a new kingdom, to change the culture, to change the environment. I came to bring a kingdom. And God has called us the chosen generation, the holy nation, the peculiar people. He's called us to bring the kingdom of God. Can I even, can you even fathom your role in that? Do you even have the ability to fathom what is my role in the kingdom of God? And if you don't, you need to wrestle that out with God. Because God, you might be one of the greatest soul winners, and through your life, you've only, you've only witnessed to five people. When at this point, you could have already had 500. You might be one that God gives you gifts of healings and miracles, lay hands on the sick and see them recover. But because of your fears, what if they don't get healed? Or what if it doesn't work? Or what if they mock me? Or what if they die and you're afraid to pray for them? So you don't have the capacity to pray for those that are sick because you don't feel that if God doesn't do it the way you pray it, then you're going to be able to live. I promise you, the more you lay hands on people, you'll see healings and miracles, but you also see some that die. You also see some that don't go the way you wanted it to go. And here's why. You're not God. There's some things... There's some answers I will never get. I've wrestled with God for so many things. I've wrestled with God for so many answers on so many things. And when I wrestle with God, sometimes he'll tell me the answer. Well, this is why, that's why. Other times God will say, I'm not going to tell you. Are you okay with that? I want to be okay with that. There are things I've asked God about that he said, I'm not telling you. I don't have to know. And you know what? It might be better if I didn't know. Because it might change my, my image of God or it might change my image of the person. So I leave that with God. Some answers I just don't have. When people say, why did this happen? If I don't know, I'll say, I don't know. Why am I going through this? I don't know. You need to wrestle that out with God. Now, if God gives me a word, I'll give a word. But I'm not going to make something up. Do you have the capacity for revival? Does this church have the capacity 
for revival? Are we ready to birth new children? Are we ready to see a name change over this church? Are we ready to see our own identities change, what we are known by? Are we ready to give up some things that God wants us to give up? I'm not saying you have to give up everything, but you have to be willing to give up everything. And God knows the things that we need to give up that we've made an idol of. Some things, you sitting here as sure as I know, you're like, I'll never give that up. It's because you made an idol of it. And so I can tell you as sure as I know this, God's going to ask you for it. Because he says, I'll have no other gods before me. No graven image. You've got a graven image of your job, of your career, of your finances, of your family. You've got graven image. This is, this is what I want. This is perfect. Nobody mess with this. And God says, I'm messing with it. Because I need you to think different to go into revival. The encounter is about the kingdom of God. The encounter is about revival, enlarging God's presence in us. Here's what I know. We will only go as far as we go with revival as long as we're willing to keep changing. Revival will only go as far as we go, not God. God's willing. The issue is never God. It's not. The issue is us. You say, well, if God wants to do it, are you ready for him to do it? Are you ready for revival? Are you ready for God to change you? Are you ready for a new name? Or do you enjoy the name you have? Are you ready for a new family name? Are you ready for new children? Are you ready for an increase of the gifts of the Spirit, which is gonna cost you something. You're gonna have to fast, you're gonna have to pray. It's gonna cost you something. I understand, we can sit and make excuses. Well, you know the reason I can't, and that's fine. Make whatever excuses you wanna make. Because I'm not God, and if you don't feel anything from God, then don't do it. But I'm telling you, the more you wrestle with God about certain things, you will find God will stretch you. He'll stretch you. Jacob was not this man, Israel. Israel was so far beyond Jacob. Jacob had no capacity to be Israel. But an encounter with God changed everything. God wants to give you encounters that will change everything. Not just get you out of your current sin or situations. Yes, that too. But even change the way you look at yourself. You may have to tell some people, stop calling me that. Some people have little nicknames and pet names that they think are cute, but they're actually, it pierces your heart. You need to tell them stop. In a strange way, it might actually be demonic, and they don't even know they're being used by the demons to speak that over you. Because every time you hear that name, you see limitations. I was always very careful what I called my kids growing up. I, I go back to Genesis. In Genesis, he talked about naming God. Type. I want you to name all the animals. And I never forgot this when my kids were little. And he says, you're naming all the animals. My kids were animals. But they would name all the animals. And then he said this word, what you call them, they will be. I'm like, oh. 
if I called them loser, they're going to be losers. If I call them idiot, they're going to be idiots. If I call them bad, they're going to be bad. You're such a bad kid. No, you're a good kid that did a bad thing. We can break that off of you now in Jesus' name. If I got to lay you down on the ground to do it, we'll do it. I laid my kids down a few times. Laid hands on them, cast stuff out of them, quite a few times. Because I didn't want another name to get in there. They're not liars. Maybe they lied. Oh, my kids don't lie. Okay. We'll go with that. But we can break that. But you got to start young. You got to go after those things. The things that are in you, those things can be broken. You can see God make Israel out of you. You can become a powerful person in God, not because of you, but because of God's call on your life. I don't care how old you are. There, as long as you got breath in your lungs, I want to be everything God's called me to be. I don't want to get to heaven, and I don't want God to look at me and say, well, I asked you to do these 10 things, but you only did five. I, I wanted you to do these 20 things, but you did two. Yeah, I know you had a lot of fear. Because God knows the thoughts and plans he's got for you. He knows the thoughts. We read that in Isaiah. He knows the plans. He knows what he's got for you. So this wrestling, this encounter is critical for us becoming the church we're called to be, the people we're called to be, the family we're called to be. And you want to impart this to your children. They can be anything in Christ. It does not matter what label they got. I would cut off every label off of my kids that somebody tried to put on them. Cut off those labels. Cut off those medical diagnoses. Cut off those educational academic labels that they've got. Well, they'll never be able to study. Well, they'll never be able to learn. Well, they'll never be able to speak. Well, they'll never be able to do this. Well, there'll always be this. Cut those words off. Ask God to show you who your kids are supposed to be. And then put them in an environment where they can succeed in that. Stand with me this morning. I don't know who that was for, but that was for somebody. two altar calls this morning first one is for those who don't know Jesus Christ just bow your heads with me you're not serving Christ you know you're not serving Christ but God loves you today and he wants to be everything to you he wants to be your Lord and Savior God is more than willing to forgive you of your sins, but the Bible tells us we must repent in order to be forgiven of our sins. God does not automatically forgive us. But when he forgives you, he gives you a new name. He gives you a new fresh start. He gives you a new beginning. And some of us just need to come to God clean today. We are not living in the right mindset. God loves you today. And he wants to be your Lord and Savior. He wants to be your Savior, yes, but he wants to be your Lord. He wants to run your life. I'm just telling you what you're signing up for. He wants to be in charge. 
but he can clean you up. He can give you peace, give you joy, give you healing, give you breakthrough. God is such a good God. He's a loving God. And so this morning, if you don't know Christ, you want to know Christ, you just slip your hand up and say, that's me, pastor. Will you pray for me? Balcony, floor, wherever you are. If that's you, you know you want to serve Jesus Christ. You want to give your life to Christ. If that's you, you mean it. Whether your hand went up or didn't, if you mean that, I want you to come down real quick and stand in front of me. If that's you, just face me. If you say, I want to give my life to Christ. You're not becoming a member of the church. You're just asking yourself. You're just asking the Lord to become the Lord of your life. If that's you this morning, if there's anybody here, you want to give your life to Christ. I'm believing for the day when we are in revival, when literally every service will see hundreds come to Christ. I'm believing for the day when it's your family, when it's your neighbors, when it's my neighbors, when it's my family that are coming to Christ. You want to serve Christ this morning. You don't know Christ. Come on. Give you a chance. This is a great opportunity. God loves you so much. He really does today. The second call is this. I want to pray for those of us who know that we need to step into that wrestling with God over our identity, over our name, over our capacity. We know we've got limitations in our mind. Or we're not sure. And so what I want to do is initially I want to start, and I just want us to pray. And I want you to ask God, God, is there something you're trying to change in me? Are you trying to give me a new name? Is there something you want to wrestle with me over that I need to wrestle with you over? Is there something you want, is there a name you want me to give up? Is there something that I'm doing that you want me to change the way I'm doing it so that I can increase capacity, so that I can increase the anointing in my life? The presence of God can be increased. You may have to change some things just so you can have time to pray. If you don't have time to pray, you need to change some things. Something is too busy for you. You have time to pray. You just don't have structure and order. God wants to give you a structure. He wants to give you order and time to pray. Thanks again for listening to our Faith Church podcast. We are so glad you chose to listen to this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications when we release new content. Also, Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Faith Church Rock to find out more information about what is currently happening at Faith Church.